Thank you for listening to Life Church Podcast. For more information, go to lifechurchofcolumbia.org. That being said, how many of you have ever went to a conference? No one. Okay. <laughs> have you ever noticed when you go to a, con- a conference how just like as soon as you get in the room, I mean, the band could get up there and be the worst band ever, and it don't even matter. When they start playing, when the preacher comes on, you know what I mean? You know why it's like that? Because you paid money, you sacrificed your time, you and a lot of other people And when you've invested that much into something, you expect to get something really good out of it. So the reason most Sunday morning services, we dull our way through them is because you didn't sacrifice, you didn't prep, you didn't prepare, you didn't take time. It's just Sunday, come on. So we just show up because if I don't show up, it's going to look worse. (laughs) I'm just telling y'all what we're doing this weekend. You see what I'm saying? So that's the reason I want to bring that up is that's what this weekend's about. If it's just another service to you, you're going to come and you're going to hear an incredible band because I'd put our band up against most. Come on, I'm just going to brag on us because nobody else does. All right, so I'm going to, I'd put, you're going to hear an incredible band. Papa Dean's going to be back in the house and he's going to bring a word like you just can't imagine. He's, it's going to be incredible. But if you spend this week and you prepare and you fast and you pray and you expect in your spirit, maybe you even give some money. (laughs) God, y'all hate that, don't y'all? God, y'all hate that. Oh, don't talk about my money. Maybe if you sowed into it on the level you expect to get out of it, we'd see something incredible right here. And you don't have to go to Dallas, and you don't have to go to California, and you don't have to go to wherever Sean Foyt's at in the moment, which I can't wait to get to one of those places. You see what I'm saying? You can come right here and get it. You just got to want it. You just got to expect it. So this weekend, I'm challenging you. Show up this weekend expecting God to do something incredible in your life. And what's awesome is we're going to pour in, we're going to encourage, we're going to edify, we're going to prophesy, we're going to declare everything that God is saying and wanting to do in and through this body. And we're going to wrap the whole thing up standing on the steps of the courthouse of our parish declaring Sunday night that God is good, He is still in control. And all three of you believe me. It's going to be a tough crowd today, guys. Are y'all ready this morning? So, Saturday, 6 p.m., Sunday morning, 10 a.m., and Sunday night, 6 p.m. Lead strong weekend. I'm excited about this. Saturday is 6, Saturday evening at 6. Sunday morning will be our regular Sunday morning service at 10 a.m., and then Sunday evening we will be at the courthouse singing and worshiping and dancing and all that good stuff at 6 p.m., right? We do those at 6. The response. All right. Here we go. I want to continue a topic that I brought up several weeks ago, the good fight. I said a while ago, if you're doing anything right now, if you're advancing in any area of your life, if you're progressing whatsoever... You're in a fight. You're fighting right now. You're wrestling. If you say, well, I don't feel like I'm in a fight, chances are you're not progressive. Uh, 
So today I want to bring out a balance and an understanding of where we're at, why we're there, what's happening, what's going on. I really want to pour out some, uh, by the grace of God, give you some wisdom on where we're at and why it's easy to find ourselves kind of feeling confused about which side of this we're on and what's it supposed to feel like and what's it supposed to look like. So I'm going to start with some of the same scriptures we read last time. 2 Timothy chapter 4, verses 6 through 8. Paul says to Timothy, I am already being poured out as a drink offering and the time of my departure is at hand. I have fought the good fight. I have finished the race. I have kept the faith. Finally, there is laid up for me a crown of righteousness, which the Lord, the righteous judge, will give me on that day. And not to me only, but also to all who have loved his appearing. Second <laughs> uh, Timothy Chapter 2, verse 1. I'm going to read these. I'm going to read 1 through 5. I only need one or two verses out here, but they're all just so good. 2 Timothy 2, 1 through 5 says, You therefore, my son, this is Paul talking to Timothy, be strong in the grace that is in Christ Jesus, and the things that you have heard from me among many witnesses. Commit these to faithful men who will be able to teach others also. You therefore must endure hardship as a good soldier of Jesus Christ. No one engaged in warfare entangles himself with the affairs of this life, that he may please him who enlisted him as a soldier. And also, if anyone competes in athletics, he is not crowned unless he competes according to the rules. Kamal really set me up last week. How many of y'all got to hear Kamal's message last week? Man, that was so good. Me and Dad have been going back and forth all week on what Kamal brought out, but he set me up so well by talking about he that is born of the Spirit is spirit. And I'm becoming more and more convinced that we actually miss out on most of the New Testament because it's so spiritual. If you, if you approach the New Testament not in the Spirit, then it's a good book. But we miss out on most of the depths and the understanding and the reality of not only the New Testament, but the, Bible inclu- the whole Bible included, we miss out on a lot of it because it's so spiritual. And the, uh, the shallowness of our spirituality is revealed in how much of the Bible we don't actually get. What, by get, I mean we don't actually receive and live in and operate in. And it's because our spirit is so young, so immature, we're not picking up on the realities of the spirit. I want to give you a quick, just, just, just a quick Bible study. In the Old Testament, God's people fought people. <laughs> it's going to be real simple. In the New Testament, they did not. In the New Testament, everything makes a transition from fighting people to fighting in the Spirit. So every time you fight not in the Spirit, you've stepped out of the New Covenant. And you've stepped into a flesh-driven old covenant that you've now tried to accomplish this on your own. And even in the Old Testament, when they actually fought people, we see time and time again that when they tried to do it by their own strength, they lost. So how in a new covenant, under a spiritual kingdom, could we expect to win something in the flesh that is so spiritual, my flesh can't even comprehend it? The Bible actually teaches us that our flesh doesn't even comprehend, it doesn't grasp, it doesn't grab hold to the things of the Spirit. 
So when we try to finish something in the flesh that was intended to be done in the spirit, we struggle. And most of us are tired and we're wore out because we're struggling and we're not wrestling. Because Paul made it very clear in Ephesians chapter 6, we wrestle not against flesh and blood. Why? We're in a new covenant. So the moment you begin to wrestle the person, you've stepped out of the will of God. If, you're, if, if your approach ever becomes, I'm going to use the word violent, but that's not really the term I want to use. But if it ever becomes violent towards the individual, then you're not like Jesus. You can't be. Because every bit of Jesus' violence was directed at spirits, never at people. So what happens is, because of our spiritual immaturity, we often attack people because we don't see the Spirit. So when I say we're not called to wrestle against flesh and blood, he goes, not I, Paul said that. Whew, so sorry. So when Paul says we wrestle not against flesh and blood, he goes on to say, but we do wrestle. So we have to be very careful because in, in, a, in a new age approach, we just want to remove wrestling completely. And there's a lot of good scriptures that can help you remove it, but then it becomes incomplete. And if I can't prove it with all of scripture, then I can't prove it at all. You feel me? So, so Paul said, I'm not wrestling people. That's why they could beat him. And he would love them. He said, because I'm not wrestling you. I can't be mad at you because you're not the one I'm wrestling. So our, our response to a person is the indictment of my lack of spirituality. Ooh. You feel that? So every time I lash out at you, it's the revealing of my lack of spirituality. Because I couldn't see the spirit that was happening in the moment. So Jesus was so spiritual, he would walk into situations and the person wouldn't respond. The spirit in them would respond. How many times did Jesus walk up and the demon say, Oh Lord, don't, don't torment us. Or don't send us out. or don't. The person wasn't responding. The spirit was. We never have spirits respond to us because we're not spiritual enough. We just come into the moment and I'm going to deal with you. Well, go ahead and deal with them. And when you're done being not like Christ, they're still going to be the same. Because we haven't wrestled a spirit. The thing is, most of us are tired from what we call fighting because we're not actually wrestling we're struggling. Two totally different things. Wrestling and struggling are not the same thing. But what we've done in the church is because of spiritual immaturity, we've glorified wrestling and just said, well, brother, I'm in spiritual warfare. No, you ain't. You ain't even stepped in the ring yet. You're not wrestling. You're struggling. And, and the, 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 the deciding thing here is, we wrestle in the spirit. We struggle in the flesh. So when I find myself in the, and, and, here, and here, here's what it is. Because we've turned it into 
uh, religious vernacular, like spiritual warfare, which is a real thing and which the church needs to learn how to get back to. But we haven't been in that to this point. We've been in the struggle and we just call it spiritual warfare. So then we glorify the fact that I'm wore out. I'm whipped. I'm defeated. And we glorify it because we come in and say, I've been fighting the devil all week long. No, you have not. No, you have not. Because if you were actually fighting the devil, you'd have to do it in the spirit. And he is no match for your spirit. It's, it's spiritual. He said, we wrestle not against flesh and blood, but against powers and principalities. Here's the thing. I've, I've spent most of my time in ministry trying my best not to give Satan any credit. I hate when people spend a lot of time talking about how bad Satan is. Like, he's just good at this and good at that. He whips everything and everybody. And he does when you're struggling in the flesh. He does. But when I'm in the Spirit, there's example after example after example that he doesn't have a response. He, he doesn't, uh, the matchup is not right. How many of y'all watched, which I don't know how y'all are about all this, how many of y'all watched the NBA playoffs this year? I didn't miss a single game. I am obsessed with, I love basketball. And I love the turnout because my team won this year, so that's even a plus. So, but what I'm saying is when I watched it, what they talked about, if any of you, if any of you watch it, I'm going to go on a little sports thing here. So if you have no idea about sports, I apologize. But you'll get, the, you'll get the, the thing. The Lakers have a player named Anthony Davis. And every team they played, they kept talking about they can't find the matchup for Anthony Davis. Because he's seven foot tall and he dribbles like a point guard and he shoots like a shooting guard, and, and he has the IQ and the mind for the game as it's... So they kept saying he don't have a matchup for him. They don't have someone that matches up. Well, the thing is, when I'm actually wrestling in the spirit, they don't have someone that can match up with my spirit. And Satan knows he can't match up with your spirit. So he will convince you that struggling in the flesh is you wrestling him. <laughs> because then it sounds good. Oh, brother... I've been wrestling Satan all week long. Well, if it took you all week, <laughs> you might not be doing it in the spirit because it don't match up. There, there is no match up. So at the end of the week, me, like Anthony Davis and my dude LeBron James, we get to raise the trophy because it don't match up. The problem is we've lived so spiritually immature that we're fighting everything around us and we're not wrestling powers and principalities and things in the darkness. This is what we have to understand. There is a fight. Don't think there's not a fight to be had. There is a fight to be won. There is things that have to be bound. They have to be dealt with. They have to be taken care of. But you cannot do it outside of the Spirit. You won't accomplish it in your flesh. We won't move forward and advance outside of the flesh. Outside of the spirit and in the flesh. So Paul is revealing to us, he's telling Timothy all of these incredible things. I fought the good fight. Uh, be enlisted as a soldier. Be ready for warfare. He's giving him all this incredible stuff. And then in Ephesians 6, he's telling the church in Ephesus, put on the whole armor of God. We wrestle not against flesh and blood, but against powers. And he's, he's presenting this incredible view of the fight. The problem becomes 
us not understanding how spiritual the New Testament is. And because we don't understand how spiritual, we even came up with really cool things, like I'm actually supposed to put on a breastplate. <laughs> you see what I'm saying? We made it so carnal, like you actually need a helmet. You don't need a helmet. <laughs> what you need is salvation, and salvation protects your mind. You see what I'm saying? Because it's, it's called the armor of God. What kind of breastplate you think God needs? What kind of shots get to God? You see what I'm saying? So what we've done is we've taken so much of it and we've just made it so natural. It's so carnal. And because of it, the church is in the condition it's in. We know way more now than they knew in the first church. But the first church was more effective because they were more spiritual even though they knew less. And because they understood the spirituality of the situation, they accomplished things and did things in the Spirit. They had such a beautiful balance of how to go into the Spirit and handle things and wrestle things and deal with things. And then they come out of those moments and engage the world. They come out and put feet to what they had done. But they knew they couldn't put feet to it until they had won it, until they had conquered it, until they had done something in the Spirit. The church is missing this spiritual element of the fight. This spiritual element that I understand there is a wrestling that has to go on. There's a wrestling that has to take place. Sp wrestling is so spiritual that we often never really experience it. More commonly, what the modern day Christian experiences is the struggle. Though we call it wrestling, though we are called to wrestle, we are not designed or intended to struggle. We are designed, there is everything in us has the ability and the capability to wrestle in the spirit. But no part of me was intended to struggle while I do it. We're intended to be so dominant. We, are intended, we were created and designed to rule and to reign. And we took all that and made it about natural things. We even made our eschatology about it. If you're really good now, you'll get to rule big cities one day. I'm not even saying that's wrong. I'm just saying that's all we can focus on. All we can focus on is what do I get? What do I accomplish? What does my flesh get from this thing? What if he's saying you're supposed to rule those in the Spirit right now? What if we were intended to be so spiritual that we were ruling and governing these things, not someday in the sweet by and by, but right now by the Spirit? Do you think Paul was ruling and governing in the Spirit while he was here? Or was he waiting one day until Jesus took him to heaven? We have got to be challenged in our spirituality. We've got to become more spiritual that we begin to become the epistles that are read by men. But we cannot be that if we're dealing with and struggling and fighting everything around us in the flesh and we're always on the back, we're always backpedaling, we're always on the defense, we're always being all the time when he said, no, this is not what I called you for. The, church, the first church in Acts was under more persecution than we could wrap our minds around, and they were never backpedaling. 
They were always dominating. They were growing by the thousands. It wasn't because they had a good door-to-door program. They couldn't have a door-to-door program because if you knocked on the wrong door, they'd kill you. You know what the difference was? The Spirit. It was their ability to handle things in the Spirit. So why does prayer meeting become the least the least involved event, if I can use that word, in the church? Because Satan knows. Satan knows that it's in those moments. It's in your prayer closet. It's in the Spirit that things actually get handled and taken care of and dealt with. And so he doesn't care how much church you attend and how many religious rituals you go through or how much of those things you can come up with. What he doesn't want is you to become spiritual. What he was, doesn't want is you to understand. We're always saying, you got to know who's in you. You know who's in you? Spirit. It's spiritual. And you keep thinking, well, my, I can't figure it out. I can't understand it. You won't. And you can't. Because it's spirit. It is the spirit. And, and, and until we can learn how spiritual this thing is. Can I say spirit enough today? You see what I'm saying? Paul said, we wrestle not against flesh and blood. Everything we've become involved with now is no longer about this out thing, this outward tent. Now it's about the Spirit. But we become so focused on this, and this becomes the attention getter, and our spirit is very, very small. Our spirit is very, very weak. But we cling to charisma, you see what I'm saying? If, 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 if you're really good at it. I heard a preacher say the other day, I used to hear this too when I was growing up. They used to say, oh, he's got the goods. That means I could stir you up by how good I could teach or preach. And as long as you got the stuff and you can figure it out and you got the right charisma and you got the, uh, what's the word I'm looking for, you know? You got that thing about you, that personality. As long as you got all that, we'll get behind you and we'll follow you. It doesn't matter if you're spiritual or not. So the church doesn't get built around, spirit, about around spiritual things. It gets built around personalities. And so in the church, we've created rock star mentalities where this person's big because of what they can do and accomplish and do for a crowd. But what are we doing in the spirit? Because following a spiritual man is not near as fun. <laughs> Some of you are like, yeah, you have no idea. Following a spiritual man is not near as fun because sometimes when I feel like I'm nailing it and I've got it all together, he actually sees into the spirit and says, yeah, but your spirit man's weak. Your spirit's not accomplishing. It's not moving. It's not, go, it's not progressing. It's not growing. Man does, God does not look at the outward. See, we, we like to throw that one around. Well, God's not looking at how you, how you look. You're right. He's not. He's looking at your spirit. And you may be killing it in front of everyone else, but where's your spirit? How spiritual are we? When we go into prayer, when we go into our moments with God, are we accomplishing things and dominating things and overcoming things in the spirit? Or are we getting through a religious practice that says, I need to pray today, so I get through my thing and I check off my box and the spirit realm hasn't even been tapped into? And we spend entire days never engaging the Spirit. We can go a whole day, never even engage the Spirit. Never hear Him talk. Never hear Him speak. Definitely never be so spiritual 
that the Spirit somewhere else has to respond to me. Where's the spirituality? Yes, we're in a fight, but you can't see this fight on my flesh. You can't win this fight with hands, weapons. No, this fight we're in is in the Spirit. Because we wrestle not against flesh and blood. We wrestle in the Spirit. We've somehow become okay with dominating conversations and arguments about our belief. While lacking the spiritual depth to go into prayer and break things that prove what we believe. Then come out of that prayer and live the life of power that Yeshua so beautifully demonstrated for us. We've traded the hidden and obscure levels of spirituality that brought about great awakenings for charismatic and boisterous personalities that satisfy our flesh. Often because our spirits are so weak, I need to win the argument. I love to study Scripture. I love to study, study theology. I love to study towns, cities, where they were at, what they were. I know a lot. And I love to learn and know a lot. And I feel confident that I could win some really big arguments. But I refuse to engage in arguments. Because all they do is reveal to me that my spirit is not enough to prove my side of the argument. Jesus never argued. He never felt like he needed to prove that his theology was right. Never once. He never responded. He never had to dominate the conversation. Why? Because his spirit was dominating everything he came into. His spirit was overcoming. It was working. I, he was so spiritual, his spirit was doing things while he wasn't. Oh, I, need you to, I need you to catch this. Remember, he was walking through a crowd and his spirit was healing people and he wasn't. Can you, can you catch that? Where, where's the spirituality? Where's the spirit? Where is that thing where we go in and we begin to deal with things? A large portion of Jesus' ministry was dealing with spiritual things. Let me put it this way. A large portion of his ministry was dealing with spirits specifically. He would call them out. He would speak into them. Can we take a, a spiritual litmus test right now as a, as a body? Can we stop right now and say, this is how spiritual I am. When's the last time you were somewhere and you seen the spirit in the situation? Have you ever been somewhere and seen the spirit of the situation? Most modern-day American Christians would have to answer, no, I haven't. Because I'm not living in the Spirit. I'm not living in that spiritual realm. I'm not living and dominating and working and fighting in a realm other than this right here, what I see. And we become so focused on this is what I see. What I see is you're a different party than I am. What I see is you think and believe different than I do. What I see is, and we're fighting that constantly. I need to fight and win the argument. I need to tell you what I believe. And you need to know it. And you need to understand it. And we're fighting this constantly. And the Spirit's a hundred miles from it. He's a hundred miles from it. The Spirit doesn't have to dominate you in the flesh 
because we wrestle not against flesh, but we're in the spirit. We're in the spirit. We're handling some things. It's so crazy when you come into a room like this. You can often tell the spiritual climate of the room by what goes on while we're here together. And some weeks we can come in here and we've come in and our spirits are on point. They're ready. We've been praying. We've been focused. We've been, and the room is just electric. People get saved. People get healed. Things happen. Why? Because the focus is in the spirit and not on this, not on this outward. And then the very next week we could come in here and it'd be dull and dead. God didn't change. His desire for this house did not change. The only difference is what realm did I come with? Did I come here in my flesh or did I come here in my spirit? Look, I, I get it. This ain't popular. And this ain't what you're going to get. You're not going to grow the church, so to speak, on messages like this and understandings like this. But I'm ready to see change. And I'm learning more and more change does not come until I get this concept that there's spiritual principalities and powers and rulers in the darkness that are just roaming free and doing whatever they want to do because we're not spiritual enough to enter into that realm and take hold of them. We're just letting them do what they want. And as long as I get my prayer time in and I show up on Sundays and as long as I make it to heaven, I'm good. As long as I get there, I'm good. And we've become so obsessed with making it to heaven that we're doing nothing here in the moment. Making heaven is going to be incredible. Don't leave here and tell Papa Dean that I preached against us going to heaven. But we've become so infatuated with that later on. You know why we're so crazy about getting to heaven? Because we're focused on this. And when I'm so focused on this, the world's terrible and things are going to hell in a handbasket. God, just take me to heaven. Why? Because it would be good for you. But what's happening in the spirit realm? What's happening in the moments right now that we're not going in and dealing with and we're not going in and taking care of? It's a spirit that's behind the agenda of abortion in our nation. It's a spirit that's behind all of these things that are coming against the very moral fabric that was established by the Word of God. It's a spirit. So your picket sign is not going to change it. It's a spirit. It's a spirit. Go vote. Go vote. Go vote and vote the Bible. Don't vote your preference. Don't vote for personalities. Don't, you better vote. But don't leave the voting booth and not go into a spiritual realm and deal with something and then be mad at how it turns out. Voting is the greatest privilege we have, all right? But there's something else to it. If we become so focused on, well, I voted and I did my duty, but did you go into the Spirit? And did you start dealing with something? Because no matter how they go with it and who gets into office and what they overturn or don't overturn, the Spirit will still be alive and it will still be dominating and it will still be ruling. Why? Because we're sitting here and we're so focused on everything on the outside and we haven't pressed into Him and we haven't dove into the spirituality and the depth of what the Spirit is wanting to do. Most of us are so disconnected, we don't even know what the Spirit is trying to do in our own communities, in our own families. 
It's so spiritual. And I'm, I have to be honest with you, I was nervous preparing this week because I thought, God, if I go in and speak something and I teach something this spiritual, I feel like I'm going to leave most of the people out. I just have to be honest. I feel like they're just going to be like, yeah, take it or leave it. It's not. But I'm so hungry for something that's deeper than this. I, w- I want to... I want to learn how to go into that realm and wrestle something and handle something that can, ex- that can bring breakthrough for someone else. Jesus was constantly sneaking away. And He wasn't sneaking away because He needed to get in a cabin somewhere and relax and recharge. No, 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 no. He snuck away because there was a realm he could go into. And in that realm, he began to deal with some things. And everything he dealt with in that realm, he'd come out and spoke to it in the flesh. He already knew. He was so living in a spiritual place and in a spiritual realm. And he had already dealt with the spirit that made the man blind. So when he encountered it, he already knew the outcome. What is faith? Faith is the fact that I've already seen it and dealt with in the Spirit. So when it comes up to me in person, I already know the outcome. I've already dealt with it. The spiritual realm is so real. We've seen it in in ways in our own little family. Some of you have heard me talk about uh, when Stephen was having nightmares every single night. Just couldn't sleep. It was, it, was, it was plaguing our home. And everybody had lots of good ideas. But nothing changed until my wife and I began to deal with the spirit that was behind it. We had to step out of our natural, what we could see, what was happening, and we had to go into a spiritual realm and begin to deal with something that was happening. If parents took this approach in more situations, it would handle most of the situations that get out of hand. It's a spirit. He comes to steal, kill, and destroy. Steal, and he'll do it however and whenever he can. But guess what? He does it in the spirit So if I'm not spiritual, I don't catch on until it becomes noticeable in the flesh. You see what you did you catch that? For instance. (laughs) Thank you, Holy Spirit. I just looked at Logan and this came to me. A woman is pregnant at conception, but we don't know it until it shows up. That doesn't mean she wasn't pregnant. It just means your flesh couldn't see it. The problem is, we're so spiritually immature, we don't see nothing until it shows up in the flesh. When if I was spiritual, I would have seen it at conception. My God. Most of what we're attacking and we're dealing with, we're only dealing with it because it showed up in the flesh. It got so big. You remember the serpent in the garden that tricked Eve? Guess what he is in Revelations? A dragon. The problem is, we don't see it early enough. I don't see the seed. My God. I can't see the seed that has caused the conception. 
What does the Bible say? That, uh, oh, what's the scripture? What's the scripture? Sin until it gives birth and then it's death. And golly, shouldn't have bragged about knowing the Bible a while ago. Jesus was like, whoop, take that one. <laughs> Sorry, pride comes before a fall. You see what I'm saying? We're so spiritually immature until I see them addicted to drugs and losing their family. I have no clue what's going on. When in reality, if I was spiritual, I would have seen the seed. And I would have rebuked the seed. You know what the Bible says? Oh, I feel the Holy Spirit. You know what the Bible says? I will put enmity between your seed. My God, I wish some spiritual people would catch on to something this morning. He said, you got to see it in its seed form. Because once it's grown enough that you know what it is, it's probably bigger than you. Because once the Spirit has been fed long enough that I realize it's there, chances are it's stronger in its spirit than I am in mine. Why are so many of my generation leaving the church? Because nobody was spiritual enough to see the seeds being planted in them before it got too big. Nobody's seen it before it became an addiction. Nobody's seen it before it became a mental illness. Nobody's seen it soon enough. There was not enough spiritual people around to say, you know what? There's been a bad seed planted in you, and I've come to deal with it in the Spirit. I've come to wrestle some things. I'm not here struggling with things. Struggling is in the flesh. You struggle with loving. In the Spirit, I wrestle. In the Spirit, I wrestle. But we're... we're I don't know what else word to use, and I'm not trying to just be harsh, but the church has just become so shallow. We can't see it until it's nine months. And it's done affected the way they walk and the way they act and the way they respond. Oh, come on. I'm so glad you're here this morning. This message would have been terrible if you wouldn't have showed up. You see what I'm saying? That's what it is. In the spirit... Satan comes and plants a seed. And we don't know it until, oh, why are they starting to walk like that? Why are they getting so lethargic? Why are they responding different? What, what, what happened? Something happened in the spirit. But I wasn't spiritual enough to know it. And it grew into something bigger than me. It grew into something stronger than me. And then as bad as I want to, so then because I don't have the spirituality, let me find a program to put you in. And maybe that program will nullify the fact that I missed it in the Spirit. Man. Come on. You want a program? Find a program like the well. Well, we're going to bring them in. And in the Spirit, we're going to deal with some things. I'm not going to cover I'm not going to band-aid all of your all of the fleshly responses to what's actually happened in your spirit. It didn't start off as a drug addiction. It didn't start off as a sexual addiction. It started as a seed planted by the powers of darkness and it grew into that thing. So what good is it to put a band-aid over a gaping wound when I got to go in surgically by the Spirit and begin to deal with something on the inside and then you're free because whom the Son sets free is free indeed. And the sun sets free. It's a seed on the inside, but it's so spiritual. You can't see it in the flesh. We can't see it in the natural. 
It's got to be spotted. It's got to be discerned. It's got to be felt in the Spirit. So is there a fight? You better believe there's a fight. He said from the very beginning, I'm going to put enmity between you, between your seed and his seed, and there's going to be a battle. There's going to be a fight till the end. But the, the trick, <laughs> the grace of God is when you go to battle, it ain't you. It's me. God said it's not going to be you that fights. It's going to be my spirit. The struggle we have is getting our flesh out of the way so the spirit can engage. So if you're struggling, the struggle is get your flesh out of the way. Get yourself out of the way. Get your opinions out of the way. Get your preference out of the way so that the spirit can begin to take on some things and deal with some things. Because your flesh is weak, but your spirit is willing and it's ready. The spirit is willing and it's ready. It's ready to deal with some things. It's ready to take on some things. So this morning we have to stop and begin to assess and say, wait a second, have I been wrestling? Or have I just been struggling? And it's easy to glorify the struggle. I mean, we've got slogans built on it like the struggle is real. I think it's so funny when you run into people, how you doing? Um, I'm struggling, man, but I'm making it. You see what I'm saying? And it becomes, it becomes our reality. It just becomes who we are. I just don't feel like we ran into Paul and Silas in the prison. How you doing? Oh, I'm struggling. I'm here in these chains. But by God, one day I'm going to get in the rapture and it's all going to be better. No, 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 no. Paul was in chains, worshiping. He was in a realm that overlooked where he was sitting. Oh, come on. He was in a realm spiritually that where he was at didn't determine his response. Only thing that determined his response was where is my spirit? And his spirit was in, his body was in prison. His spirit was writing the New Testament. His body was imprisoned and beaten and, and, and mocked and ridiculed. And his spirit was loving and saving the lost. Come on. We're just not spiritual. I don't know how else to sum this message up. We're just not a spiritual people. We're so caught up in what we can see. Paul said, set your mind in a heavenly place. Set your mind up here. I need your, I need your vision and your attention and your focus to be in a spiritual place. We have the privilege on Wednesday nights of bussing in what is now becoming... What are we having, Sister Kathy? A hundred kids? A hundred and four kids Wednesday night were bust into this, this church. And every Wednesday night, we bring them in, we teach them, we love them, we feed them. Sometimes we break up fights. I told them the other day, two weeks ago, I broke up a fight on the bus between two girls. I ain't never been punched so hard. I'd rather be punched by a grown man than one of them girls when they mad. Because there ain't no stopping them. But we bring them in and it's tempting to get caught up in what I can see because you want to know what I wanted to do you get your butt off my bus and you don't ever come back that's what I wanted to do you may think oh that's harsh you didn't get punched by her I'm just saying that's what I wanted to do you know why because sometimes I get caught up in what I can see But then I begin to remember, 
That Wednesday night may be the only spiritual moment they get in an entire week. And if I can't handle one fight, if it gets me all out of bent out of shape, of course, if I couldn't handle one fight, we'd have quit a long time ago. We'd have quit when they were spray painting the F word on the walls and there's a lot going on. <laughs> right, Jermaine? You remember? But I had to move past my preference. And I had to move past the fact that they struck my flesh. Literally, physically, like struck me in the, they struck my flesh. I had to move past that into the spirit and realize, no, there's something else here. And that's what I'm going after. So the next week, I gritted my teeth. I put Taylor on the girls' bus. <laughs> and I just let them come back. And we loved them. And we seen breakthrough with that, did we not? We seen breakthrough with that young lady pouring her heart out, crying to Taylor, telling her what's going on in her life. Why? Because sometimes I need to get over me and look into a spiritual realm and understand the enemy is planting seeds somewhere and it's my job to see it and it's my job to wrestle it. It's not that kid's job. It's not their job to go into the realm and fight it. It's mine. So you may ask, what exactly are we doing on Wednesday nights? <laughs> we're giving the devil hell. I don't know how else to put it, but we're wrestling some things. We're fighting some things. You want to see what's going on on a Wednesday night? Sneak into the back where there's a hundred plus kids back there who have come from all kinds of backgrounds, some who are dealing with, 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 with situations at home that you can't imagine we're bringing them in and we're, we're exposing them to a spirit. And that spirit is Yeshua the Christ. It's spiritual. It's spiritual. And I remember when we first started, I remember people telling us, oh, we tried that, it won't last. We sold our bus and got out of it. It's because it's spiritual. And if you do it in the flesh, it won't last. If you try this in the flesh, it ain't going to make it. Let's, let's take it a step further. Your marriage is spiritual. It's a, spirit, it's a union between two spirits. Or as Kamal would teach you, it's one spirit because he's in it all. So it's a spiritual union. So when you try to do it in the flesh, flesh really messes it up. But when I understand it's spiritual, raising my kids is spiritual. I'm not just raising this flesh suit that he's living in. I'm raising a spirit that's inside of him. So I have to do it spiritually. Everybody say spirit. spirit. All right, good. I'm not the only one saying it. Are y'all, y'all feel me this morning? We're, it's a good fight. Don't, don't let the devil beat you up in your mind because you're fighting and you're wrestling it's okay. It's a good fight. Paul said, I fought a good fight. But the good fight can only be fought in the Spirit. It can't be fought in your flesh. The Bible teaches us that you can't finish in the flesh what God starts in the Spirit. So when God engages you into a wrestling match, don't jump out and try to do it in the flesh. Because, thank you, Holy Spirit. Because remember, there were seven sons who tried to do it in the flesh. They seen Paul doing it. They were like, that looks cool. When he says things, things happen. So we're going to try to do what he does. And the seven sons of Sceva went up to a demon-possessed man 
and said, we're about to cast you out. <laughs> that demon said, no, you ain't. And the demon literally whipped them, stripped them naked, and sent them running. Can I tell you, the powers of darkness are no match to your spirit. But when you show up in the flesh, they will whip your tail, strip you naked, and send you running. And that's where we've been. I feel like that's where we've been. We keep showing up Sunday morning saying, God, I need you to, uh, I need a Z-Pack. I need you to call me in a Z-Pack this week because I got my tail whipped all week long and I'm tired and I need a steroid shot. So we all show up on Sunday morning hoping the pastor will give us a steroid shot. When it's really just a reflection that I spent all week in the flesh. Spent all week dealing and giving the flesh exactly what it wanted and saying yes to the flesh all week long. And I didn't spend it in the spirit. The spirit is dominant. The spirit is ready and willing. The spirit has actually never lost a fight. He's never lost one time. So when I feel like I lost one, it should be a reminder that I must have fought that one myself. I must have took that one on on my own. This is why it's so important. I'm going to keep saying this. This is why it's so important to really be specific about who you have around you. Because if you've got people around you who aren't spiritual... And you get into those moments, who, who are you going to reach out to? What's going to happen? I told y'all about a week or so ago, I was just in some stuff, battling and going through some stuff, and right there on the job, having guys around me that are willing to just call it out for what it is and be like, no, we're about to speak into this. We're about to shift our mind from here to the Spirit and deal with some things. Even this week, texting out to some people that are very close to me and saying, hey, look, I just need you to pray. I don't need you to do a religious duty so that you can text me later and be like, I prayed for you. Good job. Thumbs up. If you ever text me, I send that a lot. Thumbs up. No, I, I texted some people and said, I need you to pray because I trust that you will go into the spirit and wrestle some principalities on my behalf. That's what I want around me. I want people who are ready for this fight. I want some spiritual people around me that are seeing into a realm and seeing things in seed form so that they can be dealt with in the instant, in the moment. They can be taken care of. But not only that, there's some things that were planted way before we ever had a chance. And they're big. <laughs> they're major. We talked about one yesterday. Me, Kamal, and Jermaine got to spend a lot of time together yesterday, which was incredible. Thank you guys for that. Uh, but we got to talk about yesterday how there's a spirit that has lied to us about racism. And that spirit is continuing to lie because I'm convinced that there is no racism here. It's just people believing a lie that someone else thinks a certain way about them, when in reality they most likely don't. But it's a spirit, and that spirit came way before we did. So this isn't one that's in seed form, and I get to go in the spirit and crush it. No, this one, I'm going to have to wrestle. I'm going to have to be spiritual enough to go into a place and wrestle not against the person who I think has racial tendencies because then that would mean me stepping out of Christ, but go into the Spirit and begin to deal with the Spirit who has convinced someone of a lie that there's racism. 
It's spiritual. It's spiritual. All of them. I could do so many, and for the sake of time, I'm not just going to go through all of them. But there's, there's, a, a, there's a spiritual wrestling. There's a spiritual fight that I don't think has been engaged in a long time. There's so many stuff here that I just didn't even go over. I'm going to read these scriptures and then we'll wrap up with this. Let me go back to the top. 2 Timothy 2, verses 1 through 5. You therefore, my son, be strong in grace that is in Christ Jesus. That scripture right there to me by itself is incredible. It is by the grace of God. The things that you have heard from me among many witnesses commit these faithful men who will be able to teach others also. Therefore, you must endure hardship as a good soldier of Jesus Christ. I'm not going to downplay this scripture and I'm not going to try to act like we know exactly what he's talking about because uh, we don't. He was writing to people who were hiding in caves and being beaten to death and pulled apart by horses. And he was talking to them about hardships. He wasn't talking about you having a flat tire yesterday. He wasn't talking about the fact that you overdrafted last week. Those aren't hardships. Those are just things we, it's life. We go through it. It'll pass. Right, come on? It'll pass. You know what I mean? That's just, that's just stuff. Don't, we have to quit taking these legit scriptures and applying them to that that in itself shows how shallow we become in our spirit. That our flat tire and our overdraft bank account and our situ you know, those things, man, the devil's just on me. Anyway, that's a side note. I just need you to understand Paul was writing to some men, some faithful men, who were under stuff we can't imagine. It wasn't a question of, Man, do I feel like going to church today? Do I feel like being involved in this? No, 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 no. They were fighting for their lives. They were being persecuted on levels we can't imagine. And I feel like sometimes we need to stop and remember that because that's what it took for me to stand here freely today. We always go back, and I'm glad we do, and we will always be a church that honors the men who fought for the freedom in America. We will always respect it. We will always honor it here at Life Church. But we need to go back a little bit further than that and remember those ch people in the first church who fought and gave their lives so that we even had the privilege to establish a place called America. You feel me? This is bigger than what we've been through and what's happening. This is the actual hardships that they went through to establish the church of Jesus Christ. You, therefore, must endure hardships as a good soldier of Jesus Christ. Catch this. This is what we're going to wrap up with. No one engaged in warfare entangles himself with the affairs of this life that he may please him who enlisted him as a soldier. There's so much I want to deal with here. I'm not going to for the sake of time. I'm going to deal with just the first part, but I would love to go in and talk about pleasing him as the one who enlisted him and how the church has even taken that and twisted it and made, some God, made God some father who's impossible to please when he's not. If anything in your theology makes you a better dad than God, then your theology is wrong. Mm, let me say that again. If anything in your theology 
makes you or anyone you know a better dad than God is, then your theology is wrong. He is the absolute best father you can possibly imagine. And it's not hard for Stephen to please me. He's my son. Some of you need to hear that this morning. Some of you are struggling with the idea that it's hard for you to believe in a story like Jose and Gomer. You know the story? Jose goes and finds a wife who was a harlot, marries her, brings him into the family, has children with her. She leaves him to go be a harlot again. And he goes back and gets her. I think twice, right? She leaves again. He goes back and gets her again. And he doesn't scald her. He doesn't say all these nasty things to her. As a matter of fact, when he finds her, she's on the, the, the selling post to be bought by men. And Hezekiah, Hosea shows up and doesn't say anything wrong about her, but instead pays the highest price that you could possibly pay to get her back. What is he representing in this moment? He's representing Jesus. And what does Jesus represent? The Father. So anything you believe about Him that doesn't line up with that story, it's wrong. I don't care who taught it to you. I don't care what scripture they used to back it up. If it's not in this story and it's not in the nature of Jesus Christ, it's not God. He's not sitting in heaven thirsting over someone to be a human sacrifice. He's a father. And he loves you way more than I could ever love this kid right here. And I have never looked at him and said, you don't please me. Careful what you've thought God is like because he's the ultimate father. The prodigal son took from him took from the Father and said, I'd rather be on my own doing whatever I want to do than to be under you. And leaves, blows it all, ruins it all on prostitutes and gambling and everything else. And when he decides to come back, he comes back and says, maybe I'll just be a slave. That's how a lot of people have come into the church. And religion has let you be that way. Yeah, you screwed up, you messed up. So if you'll just come in and be a really good slave, then you'll get to make it to heaven. That's not the gospel. The gospel is not you be a good slave to God and He'll let you go to heaven one day. That's not good news. The good news better be so good that it doesn't even sound true. And the good news is when I realized I was the one that messed up, the Father ran to Him and celebrated Him and embraced Him. And if anything you believe about God does not line up with that story, then what you believe is wrong. He's a Father. That's a side note. That's a whole other message. Where was we at? You must endure hardship as a good soldier of Jesus Christ, not engage... No one engaged in warfare entangles himself with the affairs of this life. God, he's a good father. If no one else needed that, I needed that today. Because I was Gomer. I was the prodigal son. You may have had it all together, but I didn't. I left God. I blamed God. I ran out on God. I accused God. There's been moments so recent that if I told you what had happened, you, would, you couldn't wrap your mind around it. Where I've stood and I've judged God and I've said what about this and I've been the one to walk away. And every time I come walking back, I feel him running. Every time I run back, I feel him running back because he's a good father. 
The struggle most of you have is just believing that he's actually that good. You don't want him to be that good. You want him to beat you. You want him to punish you. You want him to do all these things. So then it feels like you earned your way back in. Can I tell you something? You can't earn your way back in because you're Gomer. You're the one that left. You're the harlot. You're the one that don't deserve it. And he's such a good father. He said, I don't even care. I just want you. I'm pleased with you. I love you. I'm coming after you. That's the God. That's the gospel. The gospel is so good, it doesn't sound like it could be true. And if it's too easy for you to believe, then it's not the gospel. He's that good. He's pursuing you way harder than you could ever pursue Him. Stick to the Scripture. Endure hardship as a good soldier. No one engaged in warfare entangles himself with the affairs of this life. This is what I'm wrapping up with. Catch this Scripture. No one engaged in warfare. We just dealt with what is warfare. We wrestle not against flesh and blood, but we wrestle in the Spirit. When I am engaged in the wrestle of the Spirit, I no longer become entangled with the things of this life. Most of our struggle is the fact that we're struggling to get untangled from stuff in life. And most of our entanglement is the result of me not being engaged in the warfare. Catch it. No one who is wrestling in the Spirit, gets tangled up with the affairs of this life. When I'm living in the Spirit, and I'm dealing with, and I'm taking on things, and I am spiritually minded, and I am engaged in the Spirit, I don't become entangled in a lot of the things that we find ourselves entangled with. And if you actually go search out entangled and begin to study it out, it will actually link you back to struggle. Because what do you do when you get entangled in something? You struggle. You struggle to get loose. So most of, most of us are struggling because we've been entangled with the affairs of the flesh. And in the struggle, we've justified it by saying it's warfare. But he just said, if you were actually in warfare, you would have never gotten entangled. If you were actually dealing with things in the spirit, you wouldn't have gotten entangled in that. I'm, I'm going to be so bold to say most of what we keep getting entangled in and caught up in as far as the affairs of this life and the flesh would have been remedied and would have, we would have never become entangled if I would have been living spiritually in a place where I'm wrestling things that are principalities and powers in darkness. We don't become entangled in those things. We don't have the option to get entangled in certain things when I'm in the Spirit doing what I'm called to do. We're a spiritual people. He that is born of the Spirit is Spirit. So we as the church have to come back to a spiritual place where we begin to understand I'm more Spirit than I think I am. There's a lot more happening in another realm than I realize. And if this morning maybe you're sitting there thinking, Man, I've never, really, I've never really been focused or engaged or caught up with this spiritual realm. Then let that become a, a rebuke. Can I use that word? A, a rebuke to us. Because I believe real spiritual rebuke always leads to spiritual repentance. And in spiritual repentance, let us begin to live a life in the Spirit. That we understand there's things happening. There's things that's happening in our parish and they're happening because no one has went into the Spirit and dealt with anything. 
that's just been free to do whatever it wants. So we are in a fight, but it's a good fight. And when I fight in the spirit, I don't struggle. I don't struggle. Now, it is a fight. Don't get me wrong. I'm not saying it's going to be Kool-Aid out of your fountains and everything's going to be great. Sometimes in this fight, you're still going to get overdrafted. If you're like me, mostly because you just have no really good way of keeping up with your money. I lean on my wife heavy for that. <laughs> you know what I mean? But I, I need us to understand that in this, I'm not telling you, when I say we don't struggle, I don't want you to take that and interpret it as everything's going to be great. Have you, have you ever seen war? <laughs> have you ever seen a battle? Everything's not great. But I'm not struggling in it. I'm not called to struggle. I guess somebody can come play some music or something. I feel like that's what we're supposed to do. Bliss, don't leave me hanging, bro. They're getting antsy. Hurry. Oh, look, Jermaine's even setting the mood. Wait, that's probably not the right term. <laughs> come on, sit down. I want to say this. I may say this a lot. I don't know. Sometimes I feel like I do. I am... I'm really honored to serve with everybody that's here. I love this church family. You guys are incredible. We got to talking yesterday just about some things that's going on and happening. And, and Jermaine just started bringing things to my remembrance of things we've done as a church, uh, just boundaries we've crossed, uh, just so much that's happened. Just Life Church, we tend to find religious boundaries and, and secular boundaries and racial boundaries and political boundaries, we tend to just go against them. <laughs> we're, we're not a, a conventional church gathering. And I love that. I love that you guys have so been along for the ride. And I think because we're unconventional and we've been willing to cross some lines that most people have dared not cross yet, especially in communities like we live in, that we've been willing to do that and we've been willing to move some areas. I believe a lot of that is because we follow a spiritual leader, not just some pastor that gets paid to tell us stuff. So when you follow a spiritual leader, they're not just making moves based on what, uh, what helps the religious institution operate correctly. hope I'm wording this right. But, but he makes moves based on what advances us in the spirit. Because you can have the best church services, but if you never go against the racial divide in your community, what good are you doing? If you never go against the political divide in your community, what, what good are you doing? If you're not actually having an effect in some area, what are we doing? So that being said, I want to honor you guys because y'all have been so good to just jump on board and go with us and go after things. and It's just been incredible. But I want to pray it for us as a body today that, that in the midst of this, we begin to press in to a spiritual place. And, and, if, and if you were to teach the, the theology, the doctrine correctly, that spiritual place I'm talking about is actually the inner place within you. That there has been a spirit born into you. And that is the spirit of Yeshua the Christ. 
It is the Spirit of Jesus living within us, and we have to begin to learn to live from that Spirit and not from our flesh and our feelings and our preferences and our emotions and all those types of things. And what's incredible is when I learn to live from the Spirit, all those things I just named, they begin to flow from the place I'm living. So my emotions and my preferences and my opinions, all of that begins to be filtered through this Spirit that I'm talking about. And that is what it means to have a renewed mind that transforms you into the image of His Son. That was the whole gospel wrapped up in one little spiel. That's what I want for us as Life Church. I don't want to just be a progressive, growing, fun, young church. I say young because we have lots of little kids. I didn't mean that. Like, I don't want to just be that. I want to be a spiritual church. Dare I say I even want to be spiritual enough that it may be weird. <laughs> Me and Kamal were talking yesterday about this thing, this obsession he has with the lion. <laughs> I was just sharing him some things about what it's been for me lately. And he was like, good. I'm glad somebody else is now because I was starting to feel weird. And sometimes when, I, when we're willing to move into these spiritual areas, we have to be willing to sacrifice some comfort, comfortability. Because now we're moving into the spirit. And I love Colby's teaching of, he's called the comforter, because you've got to get uncomfortable for him to come in and do his thing. So I want to pray with you. Right there where you're at, I'm challenging you yourself to begin to pray. Begin to do a spiritual litmus test on yourself and begin to ask yourself the questions, how spiritual am I? How spiritual are we really? Are we seeing the things in the Spirit and dealing with things? When we go into prayer, are we just saying things towards heaven? Or are we going into a spiritual realm and actually dealing with some things? Are we actually wrestling things, powers and principalities? Or are these just really cool sounding scriptures that we've thrown around for a long time? Father, I thank you this morning. I thank you that you are calling us into a, a, a spiritual depth to begin to be effective. That, that, that your desire for us is to, to, to learn how to go into the spirit realm and deal with some things, take care of some things in the spirit. You've already went ahead of us and won battles and won victories and, 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 and taken care of things. So now we just have to come in behind you as our example and begin to step into and walk in the victory that you have done. Father, give us the spiritual understanding. May the eyes of our understanding be enlightened that we may know that we may know what is going on, what is happening. Make us a spiritual people. Help us to, stop, to take the attention and the focus off of our flesh and off of the things that are seen and begin to put them on the things that are unseen. The spiritual realm and what's happening and what's going on. It's bigger than what we know. This week, I want to share, with this, share this with you and then I'm going to let you go. This week I realized that through something, some things I've been going through personally, I had lost my ability to be connected to the Spirit and see God in everything. And it became very God-focused. My, my, my God-focus was mostly in my prayer time and at church. And I was losing that ability to see it and feel it everywhere. 
and not be in the spirit everywhere I was. I, I was feeling that and, and not even really knowing how to approach it. Well, I was, uh, those of you, some of you that know, we, uh, we started the construction company. We got the privilege to buy and flip our first house in Allah. So we end up in Allah a lot. We're working on it as much as we can. And I was just there the other day. And uh, I, if you know me very much, you know I pretty much drink an energy drink every day. Yes, I know they're terrible. Don't waste your time telling me that they're bad for me. All right, everyone has. Uh, but some days, if I don't get an energy drink, I'll go to Central Park. Shout out to my people at Central Park. Uh, I'll get a, uh, one of their loaded teas because it has lots of caffeine in it. Well, I'd had an energy drink that morning. I was working by myself at the flip house. About 2 o'clock, I was thinking, I could go for a loaded tea right now. I was thinking, but I already had caffeine this morning, and I struggle with high blood pressure and things like that. It's probably not good for me to double up on all this caffeine. But I just kept thinking, like, man, I really want one. So I just gave in. I was like, you know what? You only live once. So just left and went, went to the tea shop, and just went there, was cutting it up with all them, just mixing it up. They're all incredible up there. I started to leave out, and by the time I was about to leave, uh, someone came out and caught me outside. They're like, I really, I really need you to pray with me over something. Never had this kind of encounter with this person before. They just caught me outside the tea shop. And I got the privilege to just speak into her in the moment and pray and just declare some things. It was just one of the moments. And it was like God was beginning to pull me back into that of, of, of reminding me what it's like to be connected to the Spirit and Him directing and leading and guide me on different things. And, and what's crazy is, because I was still so conscious of the fact that I really shouldn't be loading myself with this much caffeine, I just went back to the flip house and threw it away, which was like throwing away $30 because those things are freaking expensive. No, but, but I just went back. And it, for me, it was just that moment of God drawing me back in to remind me that for me to be effective in the way that we're called to be, we so have to be led by the Spirit and obedient to what He's calling us to do, where He's directing us, where He's guiding us. We have to live in a spiritual state of mind. We have to say it because there's people. It, for us, you may see, well, they started a business and they started a construction company and they're going to make lots of money and they're this and that. And, and that's what everybody always brings up to me. Everybody always talks to me about the money side of things. And I'm so not motivated by money. You can ask my wife. She gets on to me because right now <laughs> I've been three weeks and I've just forgotten every week to pay myself. Like I'm the, I get to write the checks. And I've been through, because it doesn't motivate, but what motivates me is the encounters and the moments and him putting us in position. It's bigger than a construction business. And if you can't see how spiritual it is, then all you will ever get from it is money. And having money right now is great. Go get money, make money. But one day money's not going to put you in the spiritual places that you need to be in. It's bigger than that. It's not a construction company, so I get to make money. It's one so that He puts me in positions and places. And when I'm living in the Spirit, I get to have an effect in the Spirit. I could go all day today. I love you guys. Y'all be blessed today. Thank you for listening to Life Church Podcast. For more information, go to lifechurchofcolumbia.org.